Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. All right, what's up everyone, what's up? Welcome in, welcome in. We're gonna give it a couple minutes uh, as folks are joining the room, but as you're jumping in, let us know. Uh, I wanna know two things since it's Friday, so let me know where you're calling in from and let me know what you're excited about this weekend. I'm curious to hear what y'all are doing for your weekend plans. Um, I'm over here in normally I'm in Detroit, Michigan, but today I'm in St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, Rachel, I just found out you're in Costa Rica. That's awesome. <laughs> I am. Yeah. So we're, uh, yeah, equally hot climate, I guess. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Let us know what you guys are called in from in the chat. We're going to get started in just a moment. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. Um, give me one moment. All righty. All right, cool. So today I'm super excited about this topic. Oh, whoops. Y'all see my screen. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. I'm super excited about this topic. We're going to be talking about how to run multi-person demos that win more deals. I don't know about you, but this has always been one area that I've struggled with a lot. And honestly, there's tons of content around discovery, running demos, prospecting, et cetera. But this is kind of a niche topic that unless you're doing mid-market enterprise sales and you're running these calls in the regular, there's really not a lot of content or enablement around how to do this. And so I'm super excited that we're here with Rachel Sheed to actually talk about how to run these demos because she's been doing this for a while. So Rachel, welcome to the show. Excited to have you here. Awesome. Thank you for having me, Jed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and for those of you who don't know me, my name is Jed Marley. I'm the founder at Practical Prospecting. I'm also a regular host here at Tell Better. Um, real quick, I want to say thank you to our partners, Gong and Exactly, for making these shows possible. Again, thank you, Gong and Exactly. Uh, we've got a great resource for you from Gong. Uh, go ahead and check them out. They just released some new AI forecasting features. So as everybody knows, and again, I assume most of the people on this call are account executives or closers, people who are running big deals. Forecasting is extremely tough, but they have some really cool AI features that are going to help you more accurately forecast. So go check out those no features. The link is in the description or in the comment section right there. Um, we're going to jump into the show in just a little bit, but real quick, I want to let you guys know that Sell Better is running these shows every single day if you didn't already know tons of new youtube videos as well and if you go to the website we have a free snack section where there's a bunch of different uh free pdf downloads i just released a new uh, deliverability checklist as well for those of you who are interested in deliverability and prospecting things of that nature so go ahead and check that out on the website and we're going to jump right in so real quick before we get started i'm going to throw up a poll so it'll come up in just a second but let us know when you're running multi-person demos where do you tend to struggle the most? Is it the preparation, kind of getting everybody together and prepping for that call? Is it the execution of the demo, so actually running that call? Or is it the follow-up, when you have to follow up with individual stakeholders, make sure everyone's on the same page? Let us know. We just threw up the poll. Where do you all tend to struggle the most? Rachel, when you first started running these multi-person demos, where do you feel like you struggled the most out of these three areas? Yeah, I mean, honestly, and this is maybe embarrassing to, to admit, like I didn't know. Right. I didn't really know where I was kind of falling flat. Um, I think that, you know, the the biggest uh, sort of issue that you or maybe the biggest signal that you get that you haven't done the right thing is when you rock up to that call and you just met with sort of like a cold room. Right. Like no one's really reacting to anything that you're saying. It's just nothing's uh, nothing's really landing. So it could probably be chalked up to, to preparation. I'd say that's probably actually the, the biggest area. Um, so really excited to dive into that today, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a whole process to make sure that it runs smoothly. For sure. Yeah. I think for me, it's always been like the actual execution, especially when you have a lot of people on the call. Um, it can be hard to make sure everybody's engaged. 
and you can kind of start seeing those like on people's zoom calls people sort of you know uh, kind of looking away or maybe not being fully engaged so like really getting everybody involved in the call especially when you don't have a ton of time to do so that's super tough so we're going to get into all this in just a moment um we'll throw up the poll results in just a moment here as well but let's just jump right in rachel so um, I'm super excited about this because Rachel actually has a full presentation already on her three-step process to how she prepared for multi-person demos. And it all starts with the preparation. So I'm going to throw up this slide right here real quick. And Rachel, walk us through these four different steps that you walk through. And I like that it goes back as far as two weeks out in terms of how you're prepping, prepping for these calls. But walk us through these, these four steps here to kind of prepping for a multi-person demo. Yeah, for sure. So before I even kind of get into uh, some of these aspects and... Uh, you know, I've made it really simple with kind of like a, you know, so this three part process and then there's kind of like nuances in between. But let's start with the, what the actual problem is. I think uh, yeah. the issue is that most reps are treating multi-person demos the same way in which they would treat a demo with one person, right? And I think the reason that is, is because we're not really trained on how to do these properly. You know, I never, uh, you know, got trained. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the, the result is obviously kind of just like meetings that fall flat, people that are disengaged, people with their cameras off, you ask if there's any questions, no one asks, you know, answers to you. Right. And all of those are kind of like little signals that, oh, okay. Like, you know, something's not right here. Right. Um, and you know, this, the fact is there's just so many different aspects that go into, uh, kind of these sorts of situations, especially as we're talking, you know, larger deals with enterprise companies different business needs, politics, uh, kind of like different centers of influence, right? Um, yeah. You know, all of these things that, you know, you really need to front load in terms of the work that you do to find those things out. And we'll go on to that in the, the preparation phase to really make sure that you you execute these uh, effectively. So um, sales, as we know, is, there's no silver bullet to being good at sales. It's a uh, like a cumulative effect of many little things and actions that you take. Uh, so, you know, hopefully kind of with what I'll go through today, um, you can take at least a couple of things and put it into sort of a, a deal that you're working today. Uh, and it's just that compounding effect over time, right. Um, as to, you know, making sure that you're, you're getting better and better outcomes, um, over time. Yeah, hundred percent. And I like to your point on there being no silver bullet when it comes to sales, uh, I completely agree. It's about just like following the steps and doing like the boring, repeatable activities that you know, you have to do. And I'm going to pull this slide back up so we can kind of walk through this because that's kind of an exact example, right? Like, I think part of the reason why people maybe struggle with this is they don't want to put in the effort of, you know, two weeks out identifying who those key champions are, sending them individual emails, sending them messages on LinkedIn, like all these things that you're doing, but all these small steps add up to giving you a higher chance of closing the deal. So go ahead and walk us through like these, these four steps here and why they're, why they're so important. Yeah, definitely. And keep in mind too, I, I have included some examples for the, the audience here. So we'll see like exact emails and sort of texts and things that I've sent. Yeah. So, uh, first off, cool. Step one. So two weeks out and roughly, you know, keep these timelines can be flexible, but you know, the context here is, you know, you've had some good conversations with your champion. You've established that there's a need, uh, you know, then they're starting an evaluation cycle, uh, you know, with your, your product or service. Right. And you've set the, the big meeting. Cool. What do we do in between that and when the meeting happens? So round about two weeks out, you first want to identify all the key stakeholders with your champion name, title, uh, you know, emails, scope, region, you know, as much information as you can gather. And we'll do something with these stakeholders uh, in a second here as well. Uh, then you round out one week out, you want to have a prep call with your, your champion to align on the areas of focus. And the reason why I say like a week out is because 
you know, you don't want to do it too soon in advance. And we know getting stakeholders kind of all, you know, on, on a call can take a long time because things can change quickly, right? So you want to kind of ensure that you kind of have a, a little bit of that buffer room. Um, your goal here with the call is a couple of things. Number one, what does each stakeholder care about beyond just their their title and their scope? B, what power dynamics and politics might be at play? Um, oftentimes, it's not just the person with the biggest title in the room that is the one that can can get your deal done. Uh, see what blockers can come up, right? You know, kind of unforeseen factors. And ultimately, the goal, again, is to identify not only the areas of opportunity, but risk and your plan for mitigating uh, that risk as well, all in advance of when the goal actually happens. Um, then you want to have an alignment goal with your own internal team. So who are you bringing in from your side to really make sure this uh, this runs smoothly? Probably your you know SC, your subject matter experts, maybe your head of sales, right? Really make sure that everyone's on the same page, communicate what you learned from your champion to those folks, do a practice run. Uh, you really want to make sure that that's uh, laser tight. The, especially, you know, the more stakeholders that they're going to be on the, the the demo. And then around about two to three days out, um, make the effort to reconfirm um, everything that you've discussed with your your champion. So I like to set up a mutual Slack channel, you know, if that's possible with your your buyer. It just makes collaboration so much easier than going through, you know, emails and stuff. And I've included an example here. Uh, so again, do I ask you something about that, Rachel? With- you want to do that? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, with the so with the Slack, I think that's a great tip. And let us know in the comments or in the in the chat, are y'all using Slack channels with your uh, with your with your buyers? They've been on the the buying end of things. Um, it's actually funny enough because the show's sponsored by Gong. We bought Gong in my previous company two companies ago, and part of like the PSC process is that we were in a Slack channel. It helped a lot, but I'm curious: do you ever get hesitation or pushback from that? Is it pretty easy? You just say like, "Hey, like let's set up a Slack channel. It's easy to communicate that way." Do you have any best practices around setting that up? Yeah, in my mind, it's kind of, again, like a signal as to how real your deal is, right? Like if you're getting hesitation and it's not a technical or like logistics issue, then probably that person isn't quite at the stage of seriously considering your your product or solution, right? Like if they're bought in and then it's a matter of, okay, like let's sell this internally, generally uh, getting the the slack will be not much of an issue. So that's how I would see that kind of thing. Like getting a phone number for gotcha. yeah good point awesome and so this right here this is an example of what you would send your champion prior to a call after you've kind of confirmed everything that's going on can you break down this template for us yeah so this is a this is on on a slack uh channel that i got set up and um, so as you can see there were some questions miscellaneous stuff um you see in the middle there i'm just level setting on the key areas that we discussed in terms of what was going to be covered um on the the demo and again we do a lot here at metadata so this we really need to get laser tied on what those individuals cared about uh, in terms of what we we're going to show um and then as you can see here in terms of her response what happened was me providing that context and reconfirming with her then prompted additional context uh so in this instance you know with the, we had a global team involved so i was working with the uh like the american counterpart but she was bringing in france germany you know apac like all these people and she highlighted that, you know, the guy in France was very technical and may have, you know, some additional questions that may be a bit out of left field. And that prompted a, a further conversation. So that's kind of the benefit as well of doing this stuff. Yeah, no, this is great. Um, and anybody listening to this call, I would definitely recommend like screenshotting these examples. I think that's a super clear template. Like you packed a lot of information in there. And I know that a lot of folks in this call are probably selling some complicated solutions that have a lot of different pieces to it. And so it's not just like a simple email to send out. 
Um, this next slide I want to share, like, because kind of going further with preparation, you've got a few more steps here. So, um, I know stakeholders on LinkedIn with a personalized message, send them a personalized email to each stakeholder. Um, when you're sending these, like these, these personalized messages, or these individual emails, I think we have an example. Um, what are those, what do those emails kind of look like? And why do you think that's an impactful thing to do kind of leading up to these demos? Right. So as I kind of mentioned earlier, the worst feeling that you can have as a sales rep when you know that you haven't done the right preparation is entering that call. And, you know, at the end of it, you like everything fell flat, right? It was a cold room. Like yeah. no one responded to anything that you were doing. No one was answering your questions that you were asking. And the reason is uh, like you're a stranger at that point, right? Like you've just jumped onto yeah. like this, this big call with 10 people, people that may have like different kinds of dynamics with each other. Uh, and you, you just don't have that relationship or trust built up, right? So what we're doing kind of with this aspect is kind of warming up the audience before we even talk to them. So that's what we're doing with adding them on LinkedIn. They can get the chance to check out your profile, see what you're about. Uh, and then the second level uh, to that is the email, um, which is equally yeah. important because what you're going to do is not beyond just say like, hey, here, here I am on LinkedIn. Uh, yep. send something personalized, give them context on the conversations that have taken place already. So I like to use a deal room. Um, Journey is what I use in this instance. You can also use Page. There's a lot of different kind of tools out there. Give them context on why they're even having this call. Don't just leave it up to your champion to do that. Um, and, you know, uh, end that email with, if you uh, were like curious about one thing or, you know, just one thing that you want to learn about uh, our, our product, what would that be, right? Keeping in mind, they may not have yeah. full context or knowledge, um, but just keeping it simple. And then that will yield, uh, you know, in a lot of instances, some some further um, back and forth, right? So in this instance, this is a girl from Singapore uh, who was on the the team and she mentioned kind of her struggle around specific audiences um, that she was having with that that region, which is something that we could address in the demo. Yeah, no, this is great. Um, there's a couple of things I want to call out about this email, Rachel. So the first one is the deal room. And this is another thing I want to ask the audience here. Let us know in the chat, are y'all using deal rooms in your sales process? I've been using Align, which is another version of Journey. Um, when did you start using deal rooms and how has that helped you? Like, Can you describe essentially what a deal room is for those who aren't using these in their sales process? Because I think it's getting more and more popular. Like, you can see more and more people using them over the last couple of years. Um, and I think it's a super impactful thing, especially when you've got all these different stakeholders. Yeah, so probably for about a year on my part, uh, I was first actually approached by the co-founder of Journey. Um, so we've nice. known each other for a little bit um, for that, and I was actually an advisor for them for a little bit before, uh, before they got acquired. Um, so yeah, that was how I learned about the technology. Super cool, super easy to use. Uh, it was a bit of a no-brainer, right? Because we hate, obviously, all the PDFs and follow-ups and you know lengthy text things. It just gives you a nice, really easy way to kind of have all that information, not only for, you know, obviously individual follow-ups to your champion, but you can then use that as an asset to really kind of drive more traction within the account. And in this instance, uh, kind of, uh, you know, bringing these other stakeholders up to speed in a really nice, easy way. So that's how I kind of use yeah. it. Yeah, 100%. No, that's great. And then I also, um, again, I like this simple question, not trying to overload them, give them a bunch of extra homework before the call, but just a simple question, like what's the biggest thing you're curious about? Again, it's like you're going to have a bunch of people on a call, so it's not like you can dive into every single detail of everybody, but at least that way you know the most important thing to cover. I also like this personal touch. I'm a big fan of using PSs in my emails as well. Um, I think that from like a buyer's perspective, it, it like they can clearly see that you're putting in effort. And I think when somebody's in a deal with multiple competitors, which is usually the case in these, in these conversations, little things like that can kind of help you stand out and ultimately help the close rate in the long run. 
So I think that's really solid. Definitely. Um, yeah, awesome. Rachel, anything else to add when it comes to preparation? Otherwise, we can we can kind of jump into what this actually looks like when you're on one of these demos. I think that's it for, for preparation. Move on to it. Yeah, awesome. So let's let's jump into this real quick. So in terms of execution, and again, this is where I found had the 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 biggest issues is actually again engaging everybody in the call, making sure it's super effective. But what are your four steps here for when you're actually executing these calls? For sure. So even again, before going into these, one hack that or you know it's not even a hack i think it should be table stakes um something that you should do even in the the prep phase ask your champion to set the agenda with you on the call um, one of the biggest mistakes that i made when i was younger and kind of was doing these just you know without really much thinking at all uh was like oh i have to run the whole thing from start to finish it's a huge call it's you know I, it's it's all on me that's not true uh see it as almost your champion's call. Your champion's trusting you to, you know, spend an hour of time with these, you know, various different people in their organization uh, and, you know, uh, like trusting you with, like, you to have this, this conversation. So see your role is almost like empowering your champion to have, like, the best call ever, right? And, like, validate their reason for why you're even there uh, in the first place. So you can see I kind of touch on that in the, the first step. So you know, obviously there's some uh, some things you can do. I like to kind of anchor the call on like a big problem statement, right? So just a couple of slides, nothing too crazy. Why we're here, you know, and what uh, what the problem's like leading to in terms of business impact, right? That's all based on the information that we found out before. Then just invite your champion to be like, hey, uh, you know, Jed, I know we had, had, had many conversations about this before. Why don't you kind of share a little bit as to sort of why, uh, you know, sell better is evaluating, you know, metadata, right? Like whatever it may be. Have them yeah. actually own the call, uh, and that's just going to set a completely different tone for how the rest of it is going to go. Um, I'm so, so I want to pause you there. I think that was a big thing that I learned as well. Like when I would start these calls, I'm going to give the recap myself on everything I discussed with the champion. And I have my managers essentially tell me, like, hey, let your champion almost sell the deal for you, or present the deal for you. And so it just, especially with people that, that have never met you before, like the other stakeholders in the call, it's just going to be, a, they're going to trust their colleague more in terms of like setting up the call and giving them the context. And it's just like a simple thing that for whatever reason I didn't do for the longest time, but it makes such a big difference. So I love that that's the second piece in, in your execution here. 100%. Like they're, they're going to be thinking like, hey, like who are you to be telling us what our problems are, right? Like even if the problems are correct, it's just that the tone, the dynamic is not right. Um, yeah, 100%. Your champion really, really earned that. Um, something else I like to do as well, like before even kicking off, is uh, kind of like add some social proof. So bring in sort of a customer story, testimonial, kind of humanizes the whole conversation as well, rather than just diving into product. Um, so I find that to be to be really impactful. Um, yeah, 100%. And then, um, so the third one, do you have the slides up on your end? Do you want me to share my screen again? Uh, uh, I think you can, you can turn The third step. Oh yeah, got it. Uh, there we go. Awesome. Sorry about that. Yeah, so that the third step, um, yeah, walk us through the rest of this execution here. For sure. So while the, the presentation's going, this is probably where your SCE is presenting the platform. One tip is to DM every stakeholder in the side Zoom chat uh, and engage with them. Um, you know, ask, is there something that you don't want to leave this call without an understanding of, like, appropriate that, you know, however you, you would like. But the goal is, again, to engage early and sort of flesh out, you know, questions that they might have. People aren't usually comfortable speaking up in large groups, right? Uh, with people that yeah. don't even know, uh, you know, that well. So that's kind of a sort of a cheat code to really kind of uh, engage people on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Um, so then, yeah, just keep the conversation flowing. Again, 
I really find this uh, mindset shift of seeing your role as like a facilitator or an enabler of your champion rather than a salesperson to be really impactful and just changes the, the whole thing. Um, and then last but not least, same principle when you wrap up the call. So you've kind of touched on all your your key points. Throw it back to your champion to to conclude the call, right? Like, you know, do a little recap on your side, but then have them sort of own, own that piece. Um, obviously, they're going to need to discuss internally and then you're going to reconnect with their champion afterwards. So let them, let them own that throughout the call. Awesome. Yeah, this is great. And by the way, everyone listening, if you have any questions, we're going to get into Q&A in just a little bit. So drop your questions in the Q&A section of the Zoom bar below. We'll get through all those questions towards the end. Um, I think my favorite thing from here beyond, like, again, having your champion kind of sell it for you, Rachel, I like that you're actually DMing and messaging people on Zoom. Like, you're literally doing everything you could possibly do to make sure this call runs well. And uh, I think that's a great point because, yeah, not everybody wants to speak up in a big group and shooting that DM will probably get you some extra information um, to make sure you're you're running the call smoothly. Um, but no, this is great. And so I think this is an area where a lot of people can then fall off when it comes to after that demo, what are you doing immediately after? So what does your process look like as soon as you're off that demo? What are the next steps from there uh, in terms of what you're doing? Right. So the reality is you can run the best demo in the world the moment that people jump off your Zoom call, they're going to forget what happened, yeah. right? It's just, that's literally going to happen to, to everybody. So your goal is to obviously mitigate that as much as possible. And timeliness is extremely important here because it's also going to dictate, obviously, how you're going to potentially work with that customer once even the, the deal is signed. You know, don't need to, to hammer that point home. But that's really, really critical. So immediately after, and maybe even just have that recap email written already before your, your demo, yeah. you, don't have to, you get, don't get lost in your own meetings. Send the group email recap, reinforcing the areas of opportunity. So we'll show an example of how I addressed it in this deal. Then this is a, a nice cheat code as well. So after you send that group email, don't expect anyone to, to respond to that. No one responds to a group email. Reply uh, individually to each stakeholder on that group email uh, and follow up with them, right? If there was any information that you gathered on the, the DM side of things with, uh, with Zoom, you can bring that in. Right, like, hey, you know, it sounds like you know, reporting was really important to you, or you know, audience in this region, like whatever it may be. Your goal again is just to call out any elephants in the room, right? What didn't get talked about or fleshed out in that that demo? It's never going to be. It's going to be an ongoing conversation. But get that stuff out as soon as you you can. And then on the side, what you want to do is you know keep the conversation going with your your champion. So a couple of different ways you could either hold on and you know just debrief with your uh, with your champion on the call itself after everyone's dropped off. You can call them, you can text them, um, but again, get their take on how things uh, how things have gone because you're still a third party and you know they know they know better um, than anybody. Yeah, this is great. I agree. I mean, no, but yeah, no one responds when you when you send a big email. A bunch of people CC. Don't expect anybody to respond. I completely agree. Um, I love that you're responding in the thread, sending individual emails. What do those emails typically look like? And we might have some examples of some of these as well. Um, so this is like one of your follow-up emails. But when you're sending those individual emails, uh, what do they typically look like? Are you just asking them like a follow-up or just reiterating something that maybe they asked? Um, what do you, yeah. you typically putting into those? So the uh, so email one, so the, the group email here, goal is just to keep it short and sweet, right? Like reinforce what you discussed on the demo with this email. It, it isn't to make some huge splash. It's just to mitigate the, you know, them forgetting everything, uh, you know, that you yeah. talked about, right? So the three key points, uh, you know, any, anything else that you kind of promised, I added a gift here, like a Hezbollah. I love Hezbollah. So, you know, that was, that's nice. what I'll here. So you just keep it light, keep it, you know, simple. Um, then with the, the individual emails, we want to go to the, the second slide here. 
Um, yeah, that's sure. where you kind of get a little bit more individualized, right? So this is to, um, you know, uh, I think it was, uh, yeah, with a girl in Europe. So just kind of getting her feedback because she had some questions in the the DMs and, you know, kind of soliciting that away from the group. Um, and then you can also see my side conversation just with my my champion, um, you know, responsive. So you're, you want to just provide, like, you can see like the goal is just to provide as much coverage as possible from yeah. all different angles, knowing that everyone is different. Um, and yeah, just don't expect, you know, any, any response to like mass, mass, uh, mass emails or, you know, anything like that. Um, keep it individual where yeah. possible. No, this is great. Yeah. Like just a short, simple email kind of getting straight to the point. I like this a lot. Um, again, like if I'm listening to this call, I'm definitely screenshotting and taking some examples from these templates. These are great. Uh, one thing I do want to ask you about too, Rachel is, is do you ever have scenarios where you like the initial meeting, um, and they jump on that call with you and they, they pretty much just want to get straight to the demo. They're not, they're not answering questions. Um, they just want to get straight to the demo and they're not being super responsive with you. Is that something where you have to prep the champion before? Did that issue ever come up with you? And, and, and if so, how do you kind of go about handling that? Yeah. So clarifying question, are you referring to like when we're in a big group or like what's the uh, would be specific? Yeah. So you get into that for like big group demo and you're kind of dealing with the additional stakeholders. They're not being very responsive. Has that ever, I, I know it's happened to me where I get in that call, maybe my champion responsive, but the other people on the call are not, and they just want to get straight to the demo. They don't want you to ask any clarification or discovery questions. Has that happened to you with a very responsive? And if so, how do you kind of go about handling that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that problem is, again, best mitigated in the preparation, right? And yeah. I think why that, that sort of thing happens is when our champion doesn't have enough ownership of that call. Right. It's like it's literally mm. a salesperson getting, you know, pitching. Of course, we don't want to just have a banter like back and forth with a, you know, salesperson who doesn't know anything that we're, you know, that we're doing. Um, however, if you do empower your champion and really set clear expectations with them up front, be like, hey, this is the agenda. This is what we're running through. This is what we're doing to make sure everyone's on the same page before diving into products. Uh, that shouldn't happen. Right. Because last thing that these people want to do is just like watch a one hour demo of just like product that has nothing to do with them either. Right. Um, so if you kind of yeah. explain why you're doing the things that you're you're doing and any reasonable person would would understand, it's just a uh, an, an alignment issue. Right. Empowering your champion and make sure everyone's on the same page before we even sort of head into that call. And that should mitigate, you know, rude people kind of yeah. just jumping in and uh, derailing. Yeah, totally. So it's, it's, it's again, it's more of like a preparation thing prior to the call. So that that's that's awesome. Um, we've got a great Q&A here from McKenzie. We're going to jump into that. Um, last chance to put any questions in the Q&A. We're about to jump into those. But real quick, just to kind of recap everything we, we went through. And Rachel, this was great. Like tons of super tactical examples. I, I love using the deal room, the Slack channel, messaging people on Zoom. Like those are small things that a lot of people probably miss or don't necessarily do. But for the folks who are new to running these multi-person demos, like let's say they just moved up towards mid-market enterprise sales roles. Um, and, and uh, you know, this is a lot of information that we just covered. What do you think is maybe the most important thing that they can initially start to focus on to run more effective multi-person demos? If there's kind of one area for people to walk away from this call and start focusing on, what what would that be? Um, again, I think it's the, the champion enablement, right? Um, yeah. Really making that mindset shift. This is not you just blindly pitching to a group of you know 10 15 20 people it's your champions call how can you make them look great and validate their decision to even bring you into such a situation in the first place which don't take lightly that's a big step 
um, yeah. as part of the process. You're already like a serious vendor in their evaluation process. They don't do that with just any vendor off the street, right? So take that seriously and uh, think about how you sell with your champion, not, um, you know, uh, at the, the rest. Yeah, totally. Awesome. All right. So we got a quick question from Will. What platform do you use for the deal room? Uh, that's Journey. I think, Mark, you put a link in the chat. So thanks for doing that. Um, great question from Mackenzie here. So Rachel, do you ever split up a demo when different players have different needs or regions, reasons to see your product or services? Um, and then they say, I'm unable to cover all items for both players in one call. So I guess, yeah, do you ever split up these demos and do kind of like smaller group demos uh, based off Mackenzie's question here? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, all this stuff is going to be contingent on, you know, your product or service, who you're selling to, the complexity of your buyer committee. Usually, you know, in its simplest form, like in metadata, we sell to marketers, um, but, you know, marketing operations sometimes comes into play. They usually have completely different needs. So usually we would split up yeah. both of those calls. And if, you know, our champion's like, let's have everyone on a call, we might make the recommendation, hey, to make the best use of every t everyone's time, let's just do two separate smaller calls, right? That's perfectly reasonable for you to do. And, um, you know, be proactive even in, in recommending that up front. Yeah, that's great. Um, awesome. So just to recap everything we covered through, again, thanks, Rachel, for kind of walking us through all these different steps here. Um, but for those of you on the call, everyone's going to get the recording after this. I would definitely save these slides in the recording once you get it. But just to recap, it starts with the preparation. So making sure you're connecting with these folks on LinkedIn, sending them emails, communicating well with your champions, so you're fully prepared during that call. During the execution, it's making sure that you're, again, enabling your champion to help pitch and sell for you, commenting in the Zoom chat to help make sure everyone's engaged. And then on the follow-up, it's sending individual messages to each person. Again, use a deal room, use a Slack channel. All these things are going to help you. Um, Rachel, thanks so much again. Uh, where can people connect with you if they want to learn more? I think we're going to drop your your LinkedIn chat. Yeah, there we go. Awesome. Yeah, so go ahead and connect with Rachel. Um, appreciate it, guys. Rachel, thanks again. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Jed. Absolutely. We'll talk to you later. Have a good weekend. Cheers.